Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. And hey, we are continuing today on a series of customer experience. And sales is a big piece of it in, in, in some format, but there's so much more to it. But before we get into all of it, if you're trying to improve your sales or even customer experience. So today we are doing part two with my good friend Tatiana Fiera. And we are we left off in the last episode of this series on customer experience. We left off talking about the myth of conversations and communication. And today we want to talk about storytelling, but we wrapped up the last episode talking about why companies are not doing customer experience the way they should be doing it. And so this show is going to be jam-packed. Tatiana, welcome back to the show. So nice to be back. Thank you so much, Gina. Talk about one of my favorite things in the whole world. You you and me both. That's why I love having you here. And our viewers, our listeners are going to continue to see more of Tatiana. So we left off, Tati, at the Why Aren't Companies doing this, right? Why are they putting this off? We all know why we should be doing it, but why aren't more companies doing it? So let's talk about that first before we start getting into the storytelling myth, if we even make it there. I can't even promise we'll get there. Let's just be clear on that. <laughs> They're both very, very meaty, juicy topics. Yes. No, but it's it's funny because when we started talking about this last time, I it is the number one question I get. So this is so... Why isn't everyone doing? Everyone knows what to do, right? There's not much of what we talk about that is groundbreaking. You never heard of maybe a technique here and there, maybe a way in which you are implementing. But overall, everyone knows what good customer service looks like. So why isn't everyone doing that? There are a couple of key reasons in my experience that I've got to experience both as an executive and as a consultant. And the, the first one I will say is investment. You do need a leader. You need a visionary leader who understands the impact, who understands what customer experience will do for their entire organization to make the right investments, whether it is creating the departments and the bringing in the people, the external expertise, the help that they need to add, and dedicating adequate resources year after year to not only the creation and the launch and then but also the maintenance and the evolution and the follow up because a lot of times you have that well this year we got 10 million dollars or 100 million dollars whatever however big or your company is for customer experience and next year you're already spend the money next year we're doing something else and it's not it's just not financial investment to be clear this is no Right. Because we need you said resources. So I just want everyone to be clear on that. No, it's resources. So when we're talking about we're talking training, it's it's a phenomenal. It's a huge one. You're talking uh, the capacitation of your employees. You're talking investing even in the hiring of the the right people. Investing in 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 sourcing the correct profiles to to drive both at a leadership level, the right levels of leadership. What does that organization look like? How do you maintain? How many people do you need to maintain? And one of the things that and we touched a little bit of, uh, on that last time uh, that we spoke. But if you don't have, for example, at a very basic level, uh, a detailed study on what is it that you need in order to provide what you consider a great customer. First, you define what a great customer experience looks like in your environment. In order to provide that, what's the staffing that you need? How many people do you need on your floor if we're talking about a retailer in order for them to be able to spend that additional time with the customer? So this all requires 
time and resources and the resource of time itself, which is another piece, again, is not just bringing, I think that the best combo is that external, the external expertise on customer experience, along with your, your experts in your company, people who understand how that works with your operations. So that can yeah. merge and create the right. And not just about the retail piece of it too, right? So when we think about that B2C piece of it, just for everybody listening, this also applies to B2B because you have to have the customer experience. Let's just say you're in a, in a SaaS space, right? And you're selling software to another business. That I work with a lot of those. And if the customer experience is not there, either A, we're not going to get the business or B, they're not going to continue and expand with us. So there, there's both pieces of that, correct? And I, absolutely. And I'll give you a, like a ba- like a super easy example that everyone would understand, right? Something on a B2B, let's say you're selling software and you've determined that your customer experience is that you are going to have a certain level of, of learning, a, a, a certain amount of things you will learn about your customers so you're able to make the right recommendations. If I can get back to you, if I don't have enough people to do that, and if I can get back to you within the the, 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 the next couple of days, and if in order to fulfill that customer experience promise, I'm going to need one to two weeks, yeah. who knows how long, that right there is the problem, right? That right, right. there is right. one of the big problems. You're not able, so you have, an, a, you have a plan, but you don't have a, a which is why I am, the, the banner of my career is that in order to provide excellent customer experience, you need operational excellence. You need to have the baseline foundational work done. I will say the second thing that's also really important is being able to connect. Customer experience doesn't live, and that's another mistake that I see happening in so many places, does not live in, in a silo. You don't get to, oh, let's say I put the resources, step one, I put the resources, maybe I created a department, I put somebody in charge, I put the right amount of people in place, and then they live somewhere as its own, it operates in yeah. its own little silo. Whereas customer experience, which we'll get, we'll, we'll get to that when, my, when I make the, the most important point, point three, but that it lives with other competencies, it lives with your other departments because it doesn't exist on its own. It's a factor, it's a a consequence of the correct, of the appropriate attention to your customer, whether they be B2C, B2B, whether it be that your internal, your employee, in a way, being your customer as well. So that piece in, in, in integration and in ensuring that is part of your plan as a company, that this is integrated, that you don't have this operating in in a silo, that you don't have the initiatives of the customer experience department. When I hear that, I got to chill my spine because if I hear that, it means it's separate. Yeah, it's a, it shouldn't be, the first thing that came to my mind as you were describing that is it shouldn't feel like a nice to have. It should feel like a need to have, which would make it more inclusive. Would you agree? 100% 100% is that it's a need to have it as a need to have it as a, a part of your everyday operation, part of your everyday habits. Again, it's not a, if I have time, which is the number one thing I hear. Oh, if we have, we're doing the basics, we're doing what we need to do. If we have time for customer experience, it's not ice cream. It's not <laughs> if we have time, which I will argue you should, you should have lots of ice cream. <laughs> but it's not if we have time, if we're available, if there's, it's got to be part of the overall plan. So it has to make it to your direct, your plan for the company it has yeah, to it, be. It is part, those, it's got to be part of the strategy. 
It has to be on the strategy. It has to be on your yearly plan. It has to be on your five-year plan. It has to be part of your, whatever you call them, your pillars, your rocks, your whatever yeah. it is that you call them that drive your mandates, your fundamentals. Every company has a yeah. different name yeah. for this. It has to be a part of that. And it has to seep through every single initiative that you do. It has to have a little element of that in there. So we've got, so investment is a big piece of it. Have we talked about timeline? We talked about that. Timeline. Yet. We haven't talked about timeline. Timeline is the other that it's, which is tied to the, the, I'm leaving the biggest one for last, but timeline is incredibly important because you have two, there are two timelines that are incredibly important. The first timeline is development, implementation, which is tied to investment and tied to all those things. You need, again, I cannot emphasize enough. You need people who know it's a customer experience is also Another thing I see happening often out there, let's, oh, someone's really great with customers. Let's just put them in a customer experience role. That'd be great if they participate, but you do need, you need experts. You need people that will be able to set this up correctly from the beginning to have the estimate cost, to have the estimate resources needed, to have that first timeline, which is the timeline for implementation, timeline for launch creation. So that's the first time. But then you have a second timeline, which is incredibly important and has to, and your entire, and that your entire management team, your CEO, your CFO, your CEO need to have clarity, which is the timeline for results. What will mm. I see? When will I see it? How will I see it? Ooh, that's good. This is incredibly important. And you have, and you're going to have both. And that that's when you have a, you, you, there has to be some complexity to this because you're going to have some, I call them fireworks, some immediate things you're going to get. Some things you get to in the very beginning and you're going to see results on that in a month, two months, three months, up to six months, you see a turnaround on some things that will be remarkable. But there are some other things that will take longer. There are some other things, but, but the clarity in what that looks like what does this look like at every level of the organization when it's working and when it's not working? How can I see this as a leader? How can I see the progress of this? This is working at the three-month mark if A, B, C are true. If which they're is not true. going to lead us into the big one, which we're going to get into the big one. There's something else that came to mind as you were talking about this, and we can kind of come back to it, but... As you were talking this, what popped into my mind was playbook, because we talk so much in sales about having a sales playbook, a sales process. What is the process from the top of the funnel to the bottom of the funnel? And I've, and maybe I've missed this along the way, and maybe you have seen this, but a customer experience playbook, top of the funnel to the bottom of the funnel, because this is what I'm envisioning of like, there should be a playbook. Once they, once we get them in as a customer and they become a customer, how do we keep that going in the process? Does that make sense? Is, is there a customer experience playbook or did I just come up I'm, with that? No, hundred percent. There isn't, and there has to be a customer experience playbook. You have some general things that will apply to every company. You're going to have some individual things, which again, is part of the, the work that I do is figuring out what's right for you and for your company. What are the things that you should be focusing on? But the most important where I see the gap also there is that a lot of times you have some really complex playbooks. Mm -hmm. It becomes this really yeah, yeah, yeah. book with so many steps and so many things that yeah. it's hu humanly possible to both integrate and follow yeah. and, and to even remember what it looks yeah. like. So 
I think that, yeah, that it should be simple. Would- yeah, it should be. It shouldn't be complicated, but there should be a step you step A, step B, step C, so that you can explain it and train it. Right. When I think about my B to C days in the attractions world. Right. Anytime I wanted to, to, to implement a new idea in my operational role and when it would fail, my staff would come to me to tell me. <laughs> This doesn't work. This is not creating a good experience for our customers because operationally, these are my front-facing, frontline-facing people. They would come to me and say, this marketing idea you just put out is creating longer lines to get people into our attraction, and this doesn't work. And the second that, there's so much we can unpack with that. A, I created an environment, a safe space of like, come tell me, Speak your mm-hmm. mind, right? I'm at the top of the heap of the organization and they would come knock on my door and say, this is my hourly employee going, this doesn't work. Like, don't kill me. And I'm like, awesome. From now on, you are the guy I go to every time I have some crazy vision. I'm going to, I used to call it the Peter test because his name was Peter. And I'd be like, Peter, is this going to work? And he would tell me if they could pull it off operationally. So you have to have these processes in place, even at the most fundamental level of is it going to work so that we continue to build a simple playbook for that person at the front line that they're not at the high level to really grasp the bigger idea. I know I'm rambling now about this, but I'm super passionate about that. No, you're absolutely right. And and one of the things that I have been implementing for the last several years in different companies, sometimes called selling ceremony, right? Which is the customer experience, if you will, piece that whether it's B2B or B2C, but that that human to human moment in which you're facing someone, what do you, what are some of those things that you do? And it's, I will, spoiler alert, is something absolutely simple, easy, impossible to forget. And as I like to say, one of the things when I'm creating these playbooks, because of course the playbook is not just a selling ceremony, you're talking about what you, what you were mentioning in terms of operation, can this work? You need the people that will be involved, which is why I say that the combo experts and internal employees and internal leaders is absolutely crucial in order for yeah. this to be, it has to be a partnership. It can't be driven by one department. It cannot be driven by a consultant. It cannot be driven just by a leader. It has to be driven by a joint, yeah, uh, a, a, a joint force. And when you are looking at, at the, doing these things and 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 being in front of the customers and being and being able to do that, it has the simplicity of it is paramount. Yes, you yeah. have to be able to have to be able to remember it has to it can't come and and we're talking about this earlier uh i think it maybe it was two sessions ago of the welcome right people checking yeah. the box yeah. and yelling welcome you know, can i help welcome you welcome to oh. women your mother warning about <laughs> let me know if i can help you with anything the answer is no yeah <laughs> but this playbook is absolutely crucial and, and when i'm thinking about this playbook and when i'm working through this i don't i not i don't just think about Oh, what would it be easy for you to do? Or what would it be simple for you to do? Yeah, yeah. It's the opposite. I think about what would it be hard for you not to do? Oh, I like that. Because that's what, what it, think about our lives and our own routines and the things we do. How do you create an environment in which it's hard not to do the right thing? Yes. Again, operationally, we can go on and on. We can, we can keep going into details. I will say, 
about details. It is important to be super detailed about it. When we're talking about the what this playbook looks like, when we say, oh, customers should be engaged or an employee or an associate should be engaging with customers. I would challenge you to say in a very simple way, how can I observe that? What does that look like? Oh, they're holding eye contact. They're smiling. They are friendly. They having a conversation that lasts more than 10 seconds. That Okay, engagement. So that um, spelling out what each of these concepts are is absolutely crucial in order for you to be also to to continue to follow up and for the leaders to feel confident in coaching the big c word coaching and being out there and being because i can't coach them i can't go hey gina you're not engaging with people i need to engage with people what are you gonna say to me Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah I, I might I'm a little more rebellious. I might say, yeah, OK, which is what a lot of employees will do. Or I might say, and maybe this is my coaching background. Could you be a little more specific by what you mean by engagement? <laughs> and that's, that's definitely my, your background. <laughs> you're right. You're right. This is definitely my background. But internally, that is what goes on in a human's brain. They're just not going to say it because they don't know how to articulate it. And they're afraid to sound stupid. So they're not going to ask you, what do you mean by that, Tati? They're just going to be like, OK, got it. Engagement. OK. Yeah. We'll, we'll make it happen. And that's exactly and that's you continue on that same loop. I'll disclose company. I work with a team where I was building, we were having issues with action plans. They needed to build action plans for developing customer relationships. And we were going really deep into some very complex portions. Why is this not working? So I decided to do a little experiment and I seat with each person. There were 44 people in total that I sat with. And I asked them, so tell me what an action plan is. I got 44 different answers. That's your... And that's why I insist so much that so many times it is the baseline work. Once we clarify, hey, an action plan is not just three actions put together and written together in the same page. It's A, that leads to B, that leads to C. And by the way, you actually start with the objective. You don't start with the action itself if you're doing an action plan. And simple as that, to your point, which reminded me of something that's incredibly important is it's a, it's a very delicate, because, because these concepts are known and everybody knows what it is, it's very important that it feels like a partnership. It doesn't feel like patronizing. It doesn't feel like I'm telling you, you don't know how to do the basics. You don't know how to relate to people. You don't know. Maybe you don't. But that's not the point. The point is that we need to do this together. It's not for me to shame you. It's not for me to come to a place where you feel like this is... Some of the programs that I've launched in the past, I was told... This is going to offend the teams because this is so basic. Everyone knows this. You have to have the finesse in which and, and, and the, the openness and the honesty, the open heart to come in the right way to work together with these teams so you can improve the way in which you yeah. do a very and, basic thing. And that's why you have to, as a leader, be really have a really high emotional intelligence to be able to read the audience because the reality, you could have maybe a middle leader say, oh, this is going to offend them. Is it because not everybody does know and some people do need the basics or they do know and they need to revisit the basics? I deal with this all the time. We know what we're supposed to be doing, but if we're out of practice, we don't do it. And then we get a refresher on it. So we also can't make that assumption that people don't get it, but we have to communicate, hey, 
we're going to do these things. You may or may not know how to do these things, but we want to get everybody on the same page and we want to level everybody on the same page. And going back a little bit back to what I call like the Peter effect or the Peter principle. I know that already exists, but this guy's name was Peter. I always went to him in the mindset that he was smarter than me. He wasn't, but he was smarter than me in interfacing with the customers because I wasn't interfacing with the customers every single day face to face. And he was. And while I've got a global vision of how I want things to happen, if I don't get the buy-in from the team, that to me is always a really good indicator of a good leader. And all the selling that I do, every time a leader has said to me, I need to go back to the team for their buy-in, that to me speaks volumes because you can't execute anything if you can't sell the idea internally. And I know we kind of gone round and round on this, but this piece I think is so important. If you don't create the internal customer experience, we talked about this before, the external is just not going to work. No, it's a hundred percent true. And that's why I insist again, the resources, it has to include teams need to be involved. It cannot come because each, and when you say smarter, each position is smarter in their own good about what they do and what what they do best. If you want to know something about what's happening on your beauty floor, you have to go speak with that beauty associate or multiple beauty associates right. and the beauty right. manager. And again, you also have to establish to your point, the buy-in comes, uh, the huge component of getting buy-in is trust. And the belief that your best, my best interest is at heart in what you're doing as well. So that partnership is like, hey, I know I've been doing this for a little while this way or forever this way, but we're looking to do this better and we're looking to do this more consistently because let's be honest, it's not happening every single time a customer walks in, right? Yeah. This is some ideas I have. Help me figure this out. You have any other ideas? Help me figure this out in terms of how does this work in real life? Is this feasible? And then challenging, right? Because so many times it's human nature not to want things to change. And yeah. want to do things like we've done them and want to continue to be the expert because every I mean, time you shake that tree, you put someone in a pos- an interesting position, all of our trees, right? They put someone in an interesting position where they had an expertise and they did something the same way for a very long time. And they're now in the, you know, they're this, they're at the starting line again. There's the, it, it's a delicate also that you have to have the sensibility in the sense in the emotional intelligence as a leader to guide them through Yeah. And I think explaining the bigger picture, right? If I understand the bigger picture and I can be part of the vision and the mission, we talked about this before too. Um, I think Tony Shea, rest in peace, and his whole, how he ran Zappos. When you look at that, if you experience that and shadowing his employees of, they literally drank and slept the mission of giving the best customer experience. That was it. It came back to that message every single time going, talking about your action plans, right? You've got an action plan, but the action plan hinges on the mission of what we're supposed to be doing here. And they really drink that Kool-Aid per se, because they can quote back, these are our core values as a company. This is why I did this or I took this action because of this core value and our mission. And that to me was like the most phenomenal thing I've ever experienced going to shadow his employees and what they do is like, they really live it and breathe it. And it works. It works. And I will add, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. And I will add another thing to it. That is not, there's the piece on 
bringing them in along in the journey. They have to under, they have to be part of a bigger picture and a bigger mission. But in addition to that, you need to operationalize it in a way where it's hard for them not to do it. Because otherwise, yeah. one would argue that none of us will have unhealthy habits, right? We all, because we all know what they are. Yep. We all know that staying on that phone, on that blue light, right up until you try to go to sleep is a really bad idea. Yet many of us are still doing it. But so how do you create, again, it's awareness, but it's awareness with action. Awareness plus action. You have to have the action plan in place. You have to create the conditions. And when I say making it hard for something not to happen, it translates into how do I create the conditions for the right things to happen and how I make it for someone. Someone will have to go out of their way to do something that's not what we want them to yeah. be doing. Right. That's a right. path. That That's the right path to right. create the habit. Right. Create the- I don't, I can't remember if I've ever mentioned this to you, but when I was shadowing someone in their call center at Zappos and I watched an experience of someone didn't get their shoes and the rep was taking care of that and going above and beyond and doing the extras with it. Here's a coupon for a free pair of shoes, et cetera, et cetera. And she got off the phone and I said, being like, being the jaded person from Chicago, Italian, growing up that way. And I'm like, how do you know they weren't lying to you? Really? And she's like, not my place to question it because of core value number, whatever. This is what we do. And I was like, that's your point is create an environment where it's impossible to not do the right thing, even if it doesn't feel like the right thing. That's just the culture that they created. Let's jump into the big one. I was calling it, you called it the line. I was calling it the squiggly line. That's what I've come up with. Let's talk about this big piece. The biggest piece and the biggest reason why companies are not doing this or are not doing this consistently is... Because it's very hard to draw a straight line between the investment and the actions and customer experience and sales and the direct rewards that you're looking for. So mm-hmm. because you are, I gave you your laugh and then I gave you this example we were talking last time that it's the same as eating well and sleeping well and having healthy habits. I can't say I got my promotion because of that. I can't yeah. say that my relationship has improved because of that directly. But it has because it, it it has changed my whole life. It has improved my entire, it has, it's the tide that has lifted all boats. So now, and with that said, is not an excuse. And that's, again, we go back to the experts and the people who know what they're doing with this and setting the right KPIs and measuring the right things because you have to know if you're going the right direction. You have to know if you're going at the right pace towards the right direction. When is it time to pick up another element to be able to add to the complexity and continue to grow? So you need that happening, but you will not ever be able to draw the ver- the same straight line you're able to draw from other more traditional competencies. And so if you have, and I'm and here I'm speaking directly to CFOs, CEOs. I was just going to ask CEOs. you, how do we how do we explain this to CFOs? Because this is like my biggest We're- challenge or with the CFOs. We're speaking, you have to, you, you, you're going to have to look at other KPIs. I'm not asking you, I would never ask a CFO not to look at KPIs. <laughs> not gonna, it's not going to fly. They're going to stop listening to me. 
but you have to look at a different KPI. You cannot revert back to a traditional look at one plus one equals two. This is one plus one equals three. This is one plus one equals five, but it's not going to be a straight line. And it's not going to be in the same timeline of other things. It's not going to be the same exact thing as the dollars that you put in your search engine that directly has, you can tie directly that dollar and how it comes back to your sales. Those dollars, yes, they're a way to, to show what that improvement is, but it truly is the tide that lifts that your company's boat. Yeah. So again, <laughs> if I, let's create this scenario. I work for, a, a, a let's just say I work for a, a company that needs the customer. I'm not talking about sales gravy. I'm just making a hypothetical. If I were a company really, pa- I, I want to push this initiative for customer experience and I have to get buy-in from the C-suite on this. Maybe I'm already in the C-suite, but there's a lot of other people that I need to get them to buy in. How do I present this? that we need to do this and how we're going to be able to see the return. What what would your suggestions be on that? My advice there will be a few different things. So one is that you do, and I actually have, uh, I have uh, advice companies in, 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 in various uh, different types of businesses in this. You have to mix the unintangible with the tangible. The untangible needs to mix. The untangible needs to mix with the tangible. You have to show some things that will be measured in satisfaction. You have to measure in value, overall growth of your the, the, the connection with your brand and with your company. But you're also going to have to come up with the right KPIs that are numeric, straightforward, and can be measured on a regular basis. And you have the capacity to measure them because if you don't, that also needs to be part of your plan to say, I'm going to need to measure these three things. Right now with my technology or with my resources, I can only measure one of them in order for this to work. I need So you need to do that pre-work. So there needs to be a mix of both. You need to present both things. You need to have a very clear timeline, both the timeline of implementation, resources, and launch, and all those things we talked about. But you also need to have a very clear timeline on progress. What would this, what would success look like? This question floats around so mm-hmm. much yeah. out there, but th- the reality is a lot of times the answer to that is super vague. So I'm not entirely sure what success really looks like. Well, I'm CFO. a skeptical operator at heart. So I'm like, ah, what is success <laughs> looks like happy people? Really? How are you going to measure it? Well, yeah, exactly. Again, going back to that CFO, how much money are we going to make from this customer experience thing you're talking about, Tatiana? You, yes. you, de- you, you So you're going to be able, you're going to have to show. Now, when I say it's not a straight line, is that you're not going to have all one number. What you're probably going to have is four, five, six, and numbers, distinct things yeah. that will show what that improvement looks like. And you're going to have to show how those improvements then affect your bottom line. By bringing customers to your store 2.6 times more each year, when an average spend is X, if I can increase the average spend to X plus one, what does that look like? So that work needs to be done. So it's a combination. So it's when I say it's not a straight line, it doesn't mean it's not a financial statement is just not one one plus one equals two. It's a complex equation. Right. I actually like that. That question is overused. What does success look like? I hate that question. But you said something else that I think is more powerful. What does improvement look like? Because improvement leads to success. But what is it? I think to 
improvement is more specific. What does improvement look like? So if we were to break this down into some KPIs, right? If I'm thinking about, I want to add this into my organization, what are some good KPIs to be living by in customer experience? That's an interesting question because you have the, you have some traditional KPIs when you're looking at this, but I will argue that your company is going to need its own version of those KPIs. So Absolutely. Not- yeah, I'm looking more generic because you're going to have to customize it. Yeah. So yeah, so I had to do the disclaimer that the out of the box won't work. Right. But the out of the box guides you, right? So right, right, what right. I mean by out of the box is like what everyone should be looking at. You right. should have a the way basics. of measuring, you should have a way of measuring customer sentiment. Whether you're using NPS is not my favorite, but whether you're using promoters, whether you're using whatever, in whichever way you're measuring customer sentiment and the improvement of that over time is crucial. Okay. You're going to you're going to have to measure also consumer behavior. So what's and that's why I said it depends from company to company right. because your objective may be that you're what you want to your what customer experience really looks like for you. And I'll pick an example is that your customers go to your store for lifestyle purchases, not just for handbags or just for shoes. So then the, the way I'm going to measure improvement there is by how many of my customers start shopping in additional categories. What are those categories? So that's one of the ways that you can look at that. Another way you can look at it, if you just say, Matati, I sell the same thing. I sell the three versions of my product. I'm just looking for people to buy more and and buy more often. That's what we're going to measure. We're going to measure if they're buying more. Now, then the question again, that's where it becomes company specific. Is buying more meaning more units or buying more means the upsells and the upgrades, right? Am I looking to have you graduate from purchasing a basic laptop into something that has all the bells and whistles and your next purchase and that's going to be successful? That's when I say, yeah, without creating vagueness, with well, it depends on company to company. It is really incredibly important to set what it is, because you can't be looking for everything. Because if you are, you're not going to have the right actions in place. If you're looking for everything to, oh, I want everything to grow. I want people to buy the better computer. I want them to buy more computers. I want them to buy my other lines of things. You have to have specific objectives. And sometimes you're going to have specific objectives, not to get super granular. You're going to have specific objectives or segments of customers. Your customers that are your loyal customers, you're going to have an objective versus your new customers versus your acquisitions for this year. What are your objectives? And then you can create what these KPIs would be. What will be the measure of improvement? What will be the measure of success? Because to your point, improvement really is success. How do I know, and my translation to this is, how do I know I'm heading in the right direction? And the other one, and I'm I'm sure this is the other thing that, comes to mind on on what to measure. And again, this will change by company is, again, related internally. How is this impacting our internal customers, our employees? Like that, is that something that people would or should be measuring as well? A hundred percent. And what we were saying earlier, the connection to this is these KPIs, again, they don't live in a silo. They have to be connected. Your your company has it. And again, you hear this time and time again, right? Oh, we have HR KPIs. We have customer experience KPIs. We have operations KPIs. Even many companies, you as, a, as an executive, as a leader, you submit the proposal that way. They're completely separate when they shouldn't. 
So I should be, let's say you're the HR leader, you're CHRO and I'm the COO and I'm the CXO. We need to be talking and we need to, they need to come together. Right. They need to happen in a way in which when I'm asking my, my, so that I'm not dissociating the things that people need to do because in order for them to deliver on the CX ones, they have to be the same one as the, they have to be connected and they have to be aligned at the very least. And they have to be a, a, an extension of the yes. employee one. And that's really where I'm going with this because I've seen this happen in organizations. The organization preaches this like, we we have customer experience, we give the best experience, give the best experience, right? And they like constantly are, are promoting that, ramming it down everyone's throat. But internally, culturally, the experience sucks. And, and so there's got to be something there that actually shows up for the customers. If internally they're not getting a good experience, there's a chance they're not going to give a good experience because A, there's no joy and B, it's hard to deliver something because you no one's modeling it. So it has to be modeled. I've worked in a training capacity with some clients where we expect the employees to go through training, but then the leaders don't go through the training and there's a disconnect and they wonder why the employees are not doing the training or applying the training. My boss isn't doing it. Why should I? So basic. It's so basic. And what, what, do you, what do you do if not? If you're at the, at the very basic, at a very basic level at an organization, I'm going to try to align what I'm doing, what my boss wants me to do. Right. At a very basic level. If I'm trying, if I'm trying to do well, but I, I wanted to go back in a little bit on what, something that you said about the, the employee experience and you're absolutely over talking, you know, our customers never wait more than X minutes on the phone. And for our customers, we do everything. We accommodate everything. And as an employee, I can get a hold of anybody for three days. You accommodate nothing. <laughs> exactly. I may, I may or may not have health insurance that's valid right now. Who knows? And, and you kind of trick. And I hear the horror stories out there of people with personal issues and sick family members or going into like a, 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 an example that touches everyone and having zero empathy and having zero agility and in, 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 in the ability to support through the team and teamwork and all of those things. And I am oversimplifying a little bit, but at the same time, if you do not feel that, you will not provide that right. as a basic. It's a basic. basic rule. And I think for anyone, as we get ready to wrap this up, I knew we wouldn't get to storytelling. <laughs> this is too meaty, but we will in the next one. For anybody who doesn't have a customer experience playbook or plan and you're maybe you're, or you're starting one, I think, and Tati's the expert on this, not me, but I think if you start rolling your plan out internally, it's a great way to start the idea and the foundation before before you do this external plan. What are your thoughts on that, Tati? No, I think that absolutely. I think you have that opportunity to do it both. There are a couple of things. There's the internal in which you have the participation and the creation, not just the, and the implementation. And because the creation, the co-creation is a key to success there. And you also, we haven't talked about this. We have so many topics we can <laughs> dive into, but the the, the the ability to do pilots, the ability to to try things at a smaller scale is underrated. 
And, and, and those have to be, again, very precise, objectives very clear, resources and timelines very clear, but the ability to test things out, to iterate and to say, oh, will this work? Will this not work? Let's say you got 100 stores. Maybe you're going to try this out in three of your key stores that have very yeah. different setups. Yeah. Whether it's with the employees only or employees and customers at some point. Obviously, but it goes without saying that it has to be things that will not create long-term harm if they don't work and the ability to have to quickly pivot if you need to. But I think internally is absolutely a, 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 the, the number one. And, and I would say the very first step, if, if we're talking to people here that are saying, how do I do this? How do I get started? Is, a, is an honest look at your current state. What is actually happening? And if you need to, if you have enough resources that you can, you're going to get that straight up answer like your Peter that can come and can tell you. And I've been lucky enough to have that same situation in many companies. If you have that, you're going to use that. But I'd say it's not, don't use just one source, use anonymous surveys, use the meetings where people have the ability without repercussion to really speak up, to, to listen. Do not become defensive. Do not say, well, but we invested in this. Oh, but you guys said that. Listen, pay attention. Get a really good sense of what your current state is, because without that, you won't be able to build a, a, a plan that will create positive yeah. change. And and I think create an environment where people feel safe enough to step up and, and do that internally. Or I think of some of my own customers and some of the training that I do. I try to create this safe environment where they feel comfortable. And I've had clients, I just wrapped up some training with a client where their employees felt comfortable enough to reach out to me and say, hey, what I think would be better on the next training session, right? Like I always stay open to how can I make this training and engagement better for them? But what, what was like a simple one? It was like a tech issue that I didn't know, but now I do because someone educated me. They're like, hey, when you put us in breakouts, could you switch it up? And I'm like, it, it doesn't switch you up. No, like I've been in the same breakout with the same people for two weeks every time, even though it, they're in multiple breakouts in a session, Zoom just automatically defaulted and they were working with the same people for two of the five weeks. And I'm like, thank you for, you know, they felt comfortable enough to come to me and say, hey, and I'm like, let me check on that. Let me learn about that. Let me fix that. Right. And you have to be open to that, not take it negatively or critically, just kind of be open. And I'm going on another tangent. Okay. A couple things as we wrap up, we will get to storytelling next time. I did take a note to talk about pilots and smaller scale. That could be another episode. But before we go, for people who want to work with you, just remind them where to find Tatiana if they want you to help them with this. I'll be happy to. You can find me on LinkedIn, Tatiana Ferreira, or you can reach out directly via email at Tati, T-A-T-I, at TatiFerreira.com. Fantastic. We'll put that in the show notes. As always, so much fun with you. Can't wait to do more of these. So Tati, thank you for being here today on The Women Your Mother Warned You About. Thank you so much. This is a pleasure and super excited. And now I'll say one last thing here. Reach out to us. Let us know if there are any yeah. thoughts, any topics like you, 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 that you would like to hear about, but also any comments. And what we say, I love yeah. the challenge. I yes, love yes, to yes. hear additional components to this. We'd love to hear from you. 
Yeah. What questions do you guys have about any of this? Please reach out. Great idea, Tati. Thank you to all of our listeners who are listening and hopefully watching on YouTube. We get up, we put makeup on, we do our hair. So, so, so watch us on YouTube for our facial reactions and our beauty. So check that out. To find our YouTube, you can go to womenyourmotherwarnsyoubout.com and you can find all of our social channels there. And we will see you next time. Bye.